The entire team at Emsolation want to acknowledge that we are gathered on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We want to recognise that we are recording and telling our stories on the stolen land of our country's first storytellers. We wish to pay our respects to all Wurundjeri elders and ancestors and to extend that respect to any First Nations peoples who listen to Emsolation. We recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people's continued connection to the land and waters of this country and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Always was, always will be. Hello, Emsolators. Oh, it's a Friday morning kind of interesting catch-up. Here you are, Michael Lucas. Here I am, And again. we are talking very specifically today. It is a voice-themed mm. And we're not talking about the Channel 7 reality show. Spinny chairs. We are not. We are talking about the upcoming referendum and straight off the bat, you Mm. will be voting. Yes. Me too. Mm. The Voice, I'm going to give a very brief kind of keep it easy, keep it factual for people who need just reminding. The Voice is the proposed advisory body made up of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who will provide input into the decisions and policies and laws that are made by the government and parliament around their own community. What we need to remember is currently now we do not have that. No. That is, I think, the thing we need to remember. No. There has been various bodies set up and then disbanded as governments have come and gone over the years in Mm -hmm. quite chaotic fashion. Correct. And that is why... We need to enshrine the voice constitutionally mm. because it, it cannot be used as a political football. It can't be removed when another government comes mm. in who may disagree with mm. it or want to use it as a pawn. It is there for all of time. Mm. And there's an argument around, okay, well, we don't really know what it is, so what are we agreeing to? Mm. But I read a bunch of kind of papers and that is quite usual for constitutional law. Like you you get the idea of it in mm. and then the way that it actually shapes is usually ha- it happens after. Yeah, and also has to have the capacity to evolve, to and make change. it work mm-hmm. as well as it possibly can. We've mm. got to agree on what the aim is mm. and then, you know, the functions of it. Like, I mean, honestly, if you were presented with a huge <laughs> description of the precise way that it was intended to work, I mean... Firstly, are you really going to understand that? Secondly, you you want the capacity for it to be able to be tailored to achieve Mm. the best outcomes. We've just got to agree on the aim. Correct. And that's what it is. It's just putting an advisory body in, Mm. an advisory body that doesn't have the ability to legislate, to pass law, to to change... Set new taxes. Nothing. Take away your home. They are there because when decisions are made about Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders currently, they're not involved in the conversations, Mm. which is fucking wild. There was one spectacular exception to this, Mm. COVID, Mm -hmm. because everyone was really, really paranoid. I mean, everyone was paranoid about COVID in general when it started spreading, but everyone thought this could, for for remote First Mm. Nations communities, this could could be even more disastrous than Mm. elsewhere. And in that instance the approach taken by the government was to go and really consult and really listen what is the best way mm. to get the message out, to start immunisation, all that sort of stuff. And and it was a spectacular success and a shining example of 
if you if you go and speak to the people affected about policy and mm. really listen to them, then you'll get a like, much better outcome. Mm. Yeah. And I think the other feedback that I got when I kind of put the question out to our community was a lot of people who identify as allies feeling uneasy around the fact that there are some very vocal no campaigners mm. from First Nations communities. Mm. And so as allies, we're kind of told you centre and listen to the voices of First Nations peoples when these issues arise. And so there's a lot of conflict in, well, what's the right thing to do? Mm. And so what I wanted to do was get Rachel Perkins on, who is a proud Arende and Kalkadoon woman, a multi-award winning filmmaker, a signatory to the Uluru Statement from the Heart, and she's also the co-chair of the Yes 23 campaign. She has been campaigning for treaty and campaigning for The Voice for many, many years. Mm. She's also the daughter of Charlie Perkins, who was mm, a fearless mm. spokesman and renowned activist for Aboriginal rights. When I asked her to come on, part of me also had that we're leaning on an Indigenous woman to mm. explain this mm. to us. You know, I had that. Hold our hands. Mm. Mm. When they've probably been through enough trauma. Thank you yeah. very much. I got to chat to Rachel the other day. Michael wasn't there. And um, we're going to play that for you now. And I think the way she explains it, she's just brilliant. She's so passionate. So here's my chat with Rachel Perkins, the co-chair of the Yes23 campaign. Rachel Perkins, I will give all your very impressive resume. I feel intimidated, quite frankly. You're a spectacular human. (laughs) Uh, Before we bring you on... But you are co-chair of the Australians for Indigenous Constitutional Recognition. You are the busiest human on the planet currently. I want everybody to know how busy you have been. She's cleaning the lens. Just in case you don't look, think that I've just sort of deliberately got like a smoky glaze over the thing to make myself look better. So, Rachel, thank you for being here. The majority of my audience, when I told them I was speaking to you, I wanted to understand where they all sat with the vote. And there was a lot of yeses, but there was also a lot of, I don't know, because as an ally, I know that I am to listen to Indigenous voices on Indigenous issues. And I'm hearing Indigenous voices say that I should vote no. Yeah, and it's lovely that people want to follow what Indigenous people want and they want to support that. Like, that's a really great place to come from. Um, but you also have a right to decide yourself what you think, obviously. It's our constitution. It's only for us to change it. And, and really, this constitution wasn't written by Indigenous people. Um, we weren't at the table when it was developed. Um, it was developed not by us or with us. So in some ways, we shouldn't be the ones responsible for having to deal with it to change it. But... We, we certainly are leading it, which is appropriate. Um, but I suppose it's in saying that it's all of Australians' responsibility, this constitution, to deal with. So you've got a right to have your own views. Um, in terms of Indigenous support for this proposal, it, it very much did come from Indigenous people. Like I was at the Alice Springs Central Australian meeting where, you know, all these concepts were discussed and then I was elected to go to Uluru and I was there for the three days and I, and more than that, I've been volunteering on this for the last eight years or so and I've seen how Indigenous people have led this whole thing and um, it hasn't come from politicians. 
Uh, and it is, you know, it's obviously hard to go and ask every single Indigenous person what they think about it, but, you know, we use obviously polling and surveys to tell us where Indigenous people more broadly sit on it. And those surveys tell us that, and, and very um, from very reputable research firm, tells us, and commissioned by Reconciliation Australia, which is a government organisation, it tells us that over years Indigenous people have supported constitutional recognition and the enshrinement of the voice. But even before this was even a major topic, like in 1995, my dad, Charlie Perkins, went around to 17 regions to prepare this huge report with the other, other Indigenous people on what Indigenous aspirations were, and one of those things was constitutional recognition. So it's been around for you know, um, over 30 years. Um, and I think you need to know that, yes, the polling tells us a majority, like 80% or more over years have supported it. We know from those reports that my father was involved in that it's been a long-held aspiration. We know that the first Indigenous voice was set up in 1973 and then it was gotten rid of and this is why people want it constitutionally enshrined. But we also know that um, every representative body, major representative body on the mainland, which are the land councils, who are de democratically elected grassroots Indigenous organisations, they all support the voice and constitutional recognition. So, you know, we've got the polling, we've got the democratically elected grassroots organisations, we've got a history of advocacy that goes back 50 years. I just don't know what more people need to say, when I vote yes, I'm standing with the majority of Indigenous people on this issue. Of course there are people, a margin on the left and a margin on the right of politics, you know, Indigenous people, and the media plays into that. Absolutely, and those people deliberately, you know, use that to promote um, conflict. But the truth is the majority of Indigenous people support it and all the evidence points to that. Um, no matter what anybody says, that's where the evidence lies. I hope that's a definitive enough answer for you. I sense the frustration in your voice because for me, Hearing about the Yes campaign, for, it was a no-brainer, of course, of course. And I heard Michael Long say this country left the firstborn off the birth certificate, the Constitution, and I thought that was a beautiful way to describe it. And I, are you surprised that the No campaign has gathered such momentum over the last few weeks? Because if it were me, I'd be like, why? Why can't you see that this is the right direction for us to head toward treaty? We've got to do this first. Are you surprised at what's happening currently? Yeah, I am. I am. And I'm I'm shocked. I think that, you know, they've emboldened a lot of the the worst side of the Australian public. Um, but let me say that there's a lot of good people out there who just don't know what it is. And because they don't know what it is or they think that they want something more sometimes, they're saying no. Like... I know people who say, oh, well, I want treaty first and or I want something more. And it's like, I totally get that, right? But this is literally under 10 days away. Treaty mm. is going to take at least another decade if it happens and there's going to be a more concerted campaign against that. You can bet your bottom dollar. 
Um, so this is with us right now and it is a step. It's not a silver bullet. It's not going to change the world overnight. It's like we're playing a long game with this, but, you know, it's something that can be done right now. And actually treaty and, you know, on the subject of treaty, those two things can coexist. It's always been framed as something like, oh, you've got to support one or the other as this binary thing. That's not the case. Constitutional recognition is done through referendum. Treaty is done through agreement with government and a group of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, First Nations people. They're completely different mechanisms, you know. Um, so I think it's just been on social media, people have felt, you know, they haven't really got the information. But look, a lot of good Australians are still working out what they're thinking about it. I would say to those people who want something more, I would say, look, let's not make, you know, perfect the enemy of good. Like, this is with us, you know, and we can do this right now. Rachel, we're with you. We thank you. And if there's anything else that myself or Michael, my co-host, can do, please let us know. And, and I wish you all the luck in the world. And thank you for all the work you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate you standing by us and support. It means a great deal. Thank you again to Rachel and the S23 campaign for making yourself available. You don't, she is so busy. She, we, we tried to do the interview an hour earlier. She was literally driving in her car coming from an interview from Channel 10. I said, go home no. and have a wee. I can't believe it. Get changed. And yeah. she gave us time in a very, she is working like. Oh, I can't. I, I remember during marriage equality, not that I was a campaigner in any sense, but I was mm. constantly following it and trying to like, just post on social media and I hit a point where I tapped out. Yeah. She's doing it all day, every day. It, it's an amazing effort. I agree. The other thing for me is this is not saying like any race is better than the other. I think it's just recognising the status is here first, which has never been recognised. No. And and not only that, we're living in a reality was that, that, that they were our first peoples. Yeah. And... The whole process of colonisation, I think, indisputably has come with, you know, incredibly complicated and painful and horrendous after effects that are still present today. Mm -hmm. I think that's really, really undeniable. Mm. And so for me, all of this is a response to that. And and it's just so important to recognise it. it does, I, I feel like it's a real weakness that we have an well, inability we, to recognise it. We don't have a treaty. And mm. this is in response to that. We don't have a formal agreement. Mm. We don't have a formal acknowledgement. And we're so far behind even equivalent countries. Yeah, yeah. That have treaties, that have bodies like this. We're still, I think, in a lot of denial and we need to take steps forward. And as I see it, um, this is a really modest step forward. I think it's really, really modest. You know, the problem with the no vote is there's no nuance in no if no one knows if you're voting no because you're in support of mm. First Nations community members who are against it or you're just racist, the conversation ends if you vote no. Oh, and there was even this, it hit this amazingly weird crescendo where you had Warren Mundine saying, vote no because it'll get you faster to a treaty and then Incorrect. you had Jacinta Price saying, vote no so that you never have to face a treaty. Like it was just, yes. And it, Peter Dutton has said... If there's no money, he's not putting aside money to walk toward treaty. He's, mm. he's outwardly said that. Mm. So the idea that this is blocking treaty, as Rachel said, treaty can't happen without this and treaty is decades away. Let's yeah. be honest. I, I, I mean, I can understand the perspective of people saying this oh, just feels like so little. So little and also 
I want to say categorically, I completely understand First Nations distrust of government. Yeah, absolutely. That Both is of those not, things. That is not up for argument. Of course you would be like, well, really, we're going to put our faith in these people? Mm. This has not worked out well for us in any way in the past. It's been dismissed. It's Nothing's happened. It's been impotent. So I get it. Mm. I get it. That's what I want to say. You know, we, we get that argument 100%. But it's still, to me, a step forward, whereas no is Nothing. just a step to nowhere. And also the other thing that I'm incredibly conscious of in this whole thing is, you know, I remember in marriage equality had the surreal situation of having everyone in the country prepared to vote. I mean, I know it was technically a survey, but, you know, it was a vote. Mm on something that relates to you way more than it relates to them and it's horrible and people talk about it so casually when it's so important to you and so I'm just obviously thinking of, you know, all First Nations people that are having to endure that and particularly I've got to say queer First Nations people that have had in this such a short space of time had to have twice mm. that their whole existence has been debated in the public sphere and, mm. and, you know, voted on in this really sort of casual way. It's a brutal thing to go through. And that's also like NITV have been doing an amazing job of literally presenting both sides mm. and presenting the progressive black argument, mm. not the racist no, but the, the Indigenous community who, members who are saying no. And I understand that idea of, no, why are we letting a majority white people decide for mm. us again? Mm. Like, like I understand that resistance to... Absolutely not. Mm. All of these things are true at the same time. And unfortunately, when you've got people like Tony Abbott saying, if you don't know, vote no, mm. you know, that's just such a, like it just puts the fire out completely. It it's, kind of reminds done. me in a way, like I remember when it was Trump v Hillary mm. and I remember some people saying, I remember Susan Sarandon saying, well, maybe Trump should win because then it will bring on the revolution and then we'll get a real change. And look, it didn't. <laughs> it didn't bring yeah. on the revolution. Things got shitter for f more years and then we ended up with Joe Biden, who is not a revolutionary figure. No, so, I mean, I, I, as much as I would love to believe idealistically that you could just take this monumental, huge revolutionary step, my experience and, and mm. I think that this is a pragmatic step forward and minor, but at least it's forward. Yeah, and look, I've done the research, Michael's done the research, we've interviewed the co-chair of the S23 campaign to bring you information and what we can confidently say is with the numbers behind us, the majority of First Nations peoples want yes. Mm. And so if you consider yourself a true ally, then you are voting in the, the way that the majority of the people you say you're an ally to want and that is yes. Mm. That's how I have thought about it and made peace with that. And if you feel really overwhelmed by it, I would say just read the statement from the heart. It's mm. so short. It's really short. Mm -hmm. It'll take you a minute mm -hmm. and really think about do I want to vote against this? We'll send it to you all. Mm. I'll put it in the newsletter. We'll send you the statement from the heart. We'll send it out. I hope that this was helpful. Abstaining from voting is no. If you don't mm. show up because you're confused or it's too much, you've voted no. Mm. Thank you. Thank you.